Hey, today we're doing the third week, the last week of our I Am series. And so we kicked off a few weeks ago last week. Ebony preached in Melbourne, Teresa and Kathy here on the sunny coast. And we're bringing it home around the idea of statements or declarations, a 40-day challenge that God wants us to participate in, in terms of the way that we renew our mind. God's name is I Am. He he introduced himself in multiple variations. I am the God who heals. I am your God who provides. When Jesus came, he said he had seven statements that are I am statements. I am the true vine. I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He had these statements which were as much for him as for the hearers. He made these statements. Now, you and I, when we are being restored back to our original image, about when we've, we've fallen away from God, and now God, when we come to Him and are born again, we're being restored to our original image, the way in, in the image of God. And so one of the ways that we're restored, it starts where you get born again on the inside. You become spiritually alive. You connect with God. And if you have never done that, if you've never given your life to God, today's the day. Today's the day where everything can change as you connect with God and a miracle happens. You become a brand new creation. A new, you become born again. And so out of this miracle, then God goes to work on renewing us or transforming us. And one of the key ways that He transforms us is not just spiritually. It's not just through prayer, not just through worship. It's not just through the Word of God. It's not just through fasting and fellowship. They're all really important. That's how you grow your spirit. But God wants to go to work on your mind and my mind, our thinking. So let's, have a, let's open up today right now to Matthew chapter 4. And let's talk about the, the first uh, experience Jesus had or the, the most pronounced experience G- Jesus had of warfare, of tribulation and testing from the devil. He'd just been water baptized. He'd just been announced. He'd just heard the voice of his father from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He got baptized. John the Baptist pointed to him and said, this is the one. This is the Lamb of God. This is the Messiah. He pointed him out. So there's an audible voice heard by witnesses. And then there's the prophet of the day, the most pronounced prophet of the day, John the Baptist, says, this is the one. And Jesus on a high goes out into the wilderness to be tested or to be tempted by the devil. And the devil, now we don't know if the devil appears to him in in some form or whether it's just a voice in his head. The Bible doesn't tell us this, but this is what happens. Matthew 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. I get that. I love how the Scripture is really quite clear. The tempter came to him and said, okay. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God. Everybody say if. In Melbourne, let me hear you say if. Good job. Good job. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down. And he goes on again in another few moments. He says, if you are the Son of God. Now, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread is the first temptation. The second temptation is if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. So this is fascinating. The devil doesn't appear to Jesus with a pitchfork 
and, and you know, uh, in that moment with a sword in a direct battle, he doesn't throw grenades at him. He doesn't, uh, you know, strike him with lightning. He doesn't, he doesn't come and tackle him. There's nothing physical going on. Uh, the devil comes directly to Jesus' thoughts with this question. If you are the Son of God. Before he even gets to the next part, this is, the, this is always the devil's strategy with you and I. He comes with an if. He comes at your thought life. He comes at your confidence. If you're the son of Jesus, I mean, you're like, well, Jesus, surely he knew he's the son of God. Surely he's confident. He just heard the voice from heaven. And John the Baptist said, he just had the prophecy and got a rhema word. He's just been to some kind of conference. He's had some kind of experience. And he's had this absolutely undeniable moment. But, but the devil's first thing is if you are. He comes to undermine. It's like that's the way he worked with Eve right back at the very beginning. Did God even say, don't eat of the tree? Throws doubt in there. Throws a question in there. And one of the number one strategies the devil used to stop you and I fulfilling our God-given destiny will come to you and I to our thoughts and ask a if question. If you're even forgiven, if you've even got a destiny, even if you're of value, even if, if God will look after you, and it comes to sow seeds of doubt to undermine our thought life because if we can get our thought life, we can still go to heaven, but we can miss out on all the promises that God's got for us and all the destiny that God's got for us. It's possible to live as a Christian overwhelmed in fear, in guilt, in anxiety. It's possible to fast, worship, come to church, read the Bible, but live under it because the devil's got a stronghold in our mind that started with an if. So the I Am series is all about coming against the areas where the enemy attacks your identity, where he, attacks, where he attacks your mindset. Because here's the thing, if he can get our mindset, he will keep us trapped. Remember we started the series with this idea that God had a promised land for the Israel to go into, but they got to the edge of the promised land and they said, we're grasshoppers in our own mind. And therefore we were in their eyes. And if you see yourself as a, a grasshopper, whatever that might mean, if you see yourself as inferior, if you see yourself in that way, then the way you see yourself will stop. Doesn't matter how much fasting you do. Doesn't matter how spiritually strong you are. It will be earthed. The power will be earthed by your mindset. This is why God comes to work on our mindset. Now, notice when Jesus went to, to his hometown in, in Galilee and he went back to where he was born up and they, they had a mindset of unbelief, a stronghold. And the Bible says Jesus could not do any miracles there because of their unbelief. That was a stronghold of thinking that blocked Jesus, the power of God, the miracle worker. He was there, but he couldn't do anything because of their mindset. And your mindset ultimately becomes, uh, gets earthed in your heart. Your thoughts are the gateway to your heart. 
And ultimately, the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So you and I have got to be aware of our thoughts. We've got to be aware of our thought life. And to change your thoughts, and we covered this in week one, but the, the, you know, science has caught up with the idea of neuroplasticity, that our brains can be renewed and new neural pathways can be created through repetitively stating things and doing new things. And over a period of about 40 days, you can get new brain pathways, new neural pathways, and you can begin to think differently. That is why we're doing a 40-day challenge, and I would encourage you to get some I am statements, and we'll unpack it a bit more today, so, and say them every day for about five minutes, because that's how you reprogram your mind. How are we going here? So our, our strongholds, we can have all sorts of strongholds in our mind. A stronghold is a, demonic, a demonically energized thought pattern that keeps either a bad, a bad stronghold keeps God out, a good stronghold keeps the devil out. So you can have a good stronghold. I'm loved. I'm, I'm favored by God. He's on my side. And you've created a good stronghold. And where the enemy comes with an accusation, it bounces off because you've gone to work and created a good stronghold. Likewise, you can have a negative stronghold, which you don't, they're like weeds. You don't have to plant negative strongholds. They just grow. They'll just be in your life. So you can have a stronghold of rejection. And you've grown up and this, this, is the, the, this voice, your thoughts are, I am not loved. I don't belong. I'm not valuable. That's a stronghold of rejection. You can have a stronghold of inferiority. I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes. I'm inferior. I'm too old. I'm too young. That's an inferiority stronghold. You can have a stronghold of guilt and shame. My past disqualifies me. I can't be accepted by God. God's angry with me. I don't measure up. That's a stronghold of guilt and shame. And it stops God moving in your life because of a stronghold. You can have a stronghold of fear and anxiety. Things are going to fall to pieces. The worst case is going to happen. I'm going to run out of money. I'll never get married. My husband's going to cheat on me. My wife's going to leave me. These are, these are thought processes that aren't necessarily logical, but demonically energized when we've got this, these neural pathways that have been developed, I'll tell you how they developed in a moment. You can have a stronghold of poverty. God wants me to be poor. It's my, it pleases God for me to live in lack. That's a stronghold. You can have a stronghold of unbelief. I could go through, you could have a stronghold of hopelessness. No sense of the future. No sense of destiny. No sense of purpose. All of these are strongholds that are, that are created. Now, the way strongholds are created in our life, they happen usually in our younger years. It's, it's actually dad and mum, it's your job to create strongholds, positive strongholds in your children by what you speak over them, by what you say over them, by the experiences that you give them. You can create great godly strongholds, all right? But, but so it'll happen from authority figures. What people we, we put weight on say about us matters, not just as a kid, but as we grow up. Experiences that we have will establish mindsets. Mistakes that we've made, trauma that we've had, it will affect our mindset and our own self-talk. That voice in the head that just goes, oh, you idiot. You idiot. You always do that. That self-talk that reinforces a mindset. 
Death and life is in the power of the tongue, the Bible says. So we're looking to shift this. We're looking to change this. And this is what I, I love about, about the Bible. It says, for the weapons, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, for the weapons of our warfare are not earthly or natural or carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So the way that you're going to disassemble the stronghold that's got into your mind, it's not like a demon. A demon can be evicted in a moment and it's gone and you feel light. Woohoo! I got delivered. Man, I feel good. I feel light. It's gone. Now, it might want to come back. And actually, if you don't go to work on your mindset, it might actually come back quite easily. The mindset is that, 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 that a demon's like a nail. It's been hammered in and it can be pulled out. A mindset's like a screw that over a period of time has been, you're a loser. You're not going to amount to anything. Things aren't going to happen in your life. You're always, you're ugly. You're this, you're that. And it's been screwed in over a period of time. So deliverance won't pull that out. You have to unscrew it. You've got to just, you, you've got to go to work on it. Now, you un, there's, a, there's four steps of unscrewing a wrong stronghold. The first is to repent of having wrong beliefs and then to repent of, of sometimes someone else has caused that and we, we've held stuff against them. We've got to repent for unforgiveness. That's number one. The second, we've got to release those people and release the pain that's got in our heart. So often from pain and trauma, stuff's got in our heart and we've got to get with the Holy Spirit and find ways. This is why we do freedom experiences at our church. It's why we do Christian essential courses. We got all, this is about getting the pain out. And it, doesn't, it normally comes out ugly. Pain comes out messy. Pain comes out when, the, when you've suppressed all those feelings and they come back again and you feel like you did when it first happened. And you're like... I don't like feeling like that. Push, 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 push. Don't stuff it down. Let the Holy Spirit wash it out by choosing to believe to release people. That's number two. Number three, you do have to re rebuke demons. There's a moment where you res and then you resist them every day. I I just resist particular demonic things in my life every day. But the fourth thing, and that's what this series is about, is you need if you're going to keep your freedom. You, the weapons of our warfare are mighty to the pulling down of dumb thinking. Come on. They're mighty to the pulling down of an inferiority complex. The weapons of our warfare are mighty to the pulling down of a fear and anxiety mindset. The weapons of our warfare are mighty to the pulling down of guilt and shame. The weapons of our warfare are mighty to the pulling down of unbelief. The weapons of our warfare are mighty to the pulling down of, uh, of uh, anxiety or, or poverty or whatever it might be. The weapons. Now, what's, you're like, okay. Help me out, Pastor. What do we do? Glad you asked. That's why we're here. I can't do this for you. I can give you the tools, but you've got to go to work. Waza, in Melbourne, you're the one who's got to do all the hard work, not just me. I'm giving you the tools. I'm giving you, now what are the weapons? The Bible says, well, uh, when we put on the armor of God, what's the main weapon? It's a sword. When the Bible talks about the sword, what's it talk about? The Word of God. So if I'm going to use a weapon to pull down the stronghold, I'm going to use the Word of God. Now, here's the good news. I'm, doing some, I'm just doing some air cover right now by preaching the Word of God to you. 
And the air covers, it's, it's changing things in your mindset just by being under the Word of God. But ultimately, you got to do the infantry work. you got to take on those demons in front of you. you got to take on those mindsets. you got to go after those things. Now, here's the amazing thing. It's actually simple. I didn't say it's easy. It's simple. You just got to do the work. You got to be. You got to take what the Bible says about. You got to identify. Now, here's, I'll tell you what I've gone after in the last probably thirty years, and things that I still go after. I have had to work on a rejection mindset, an inferiority mindset, a guilt and shame mindset, a poverty mindset. I've had to go to work on those things over different seasons. Every time I've stepped in, I'll get to that later, into a new zone, I've had to go to work again on another level of, another depth of inferiority complex. Had to go to work at it. I love love this. So here's here's how it works. Margaret Court. How many people have heard of Margaret Court? Okay. Margaret Court is Australia's greatest ever tennis player. Uh, She retired as the world's number one tennis player. She won 24 major singles and a total of 64 major titles, the most ever of anyone, male or female, in tennis history. This was in the 60s and the early 70s. At the end of the the 70s, Margaret Court, who'd grown up going to church for about 30 years in a traditional kind of setting, got depressed. She never had a personal relationship with God. She sat in church for so many years, but didn't realize she could connect with God personally. And so one day, she, made, she connected personally with God, and her life began to change out of a relationship with God. In her book, Train Your Brain, great book to read, uh, she tells this story. I'm going to read it out. In the 1970s, the late 70s, I went through serious depression. Uh, I had a torn heart valve, was racked with inferiority after winning all the titles, Right? Achievement does not deal with an inferiority mindset. It'll just fuel you to be driven, but it won't actually fill the need on the inside. I was racked with inferiority and guilt, obsessed with examining my past for my sins to confess. I had a busy load as a mum with four children under eight, and in addition, we had significant financial problems. The fear I felt was horrific. Morning would come and I wished it was night. Night would come and I would would wish that it was morning. In my spirit, it was like I could see roaring lions and other vicious animals about to eat me. As a result, I suffered dreadful insomnia. She's a Christian. Okay? She's a Christian. As a result, I suffered dreadful insomnia. Every night I'd climb into bed only to get up and get a glass of wine and take a sleeping tablet. I was convinced I could never sleep without them. But there's a history of alcoholism in my family, and I was in serious danger. This tug of war went on inside of me night after night. Then in 1982, I started attending Bible college. Come on, somebody. You want to get the Word of God into you? Get into Bible college. That's one of the great ways. So she started going to Bible college, encountered teaching about the Word of God. So she started to confess scriptures like 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. God has not given me a spirit of fear, power, love, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Or like Romans 5 17. For it's by one man's offense death entered through the one. Much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So I began to make declarations based on these scriptures and others. I'm delivered. This is hers. This is, her, this is Margaret Court's I am statement. 
I am delivered from the evils and lusts of the world. They have no hold over me. Alcohol, you have no hold over my life. And then she talks about others, how she got rid of being sin conscious and going after being, dealing with guilt and shame and needing to get righteousness into her own heart. But this is what she said, the temptation to drink to help myself sleep continued for about two months, 60 days. Then it was like a light bulb went off on the inside of me and the word became revelation. One day I went to get a drink and it tasted dreadful and had no hold on me anymore and I haven't had a drink since that day. All right, that is the power of the word of God. It doesn't, it's not, it's not a moment. It's not a nail. It's a screening. What's going on? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold, hold, hold. <laughs> Distract the people. Come on. I'm, I'm going somewhere. Just, <laughs> there can only be two sports models in this story, all right? That's the power of the Word of God. Daily confession until it goes from your, it locks into your mind and then one day it drops into your heart. And what is potential, what's truth potential becomes truth revelation and it has a spiritual power to change you. But how? Through the confession of the Word of God. Using the Word of God with your I am statements. All right, now, no, I'm 20 years old. Put this photo up. I'm 20 years old. I am a model. All right. All right. You can leave that up there just for a moment. You can see why Danielle had no chance. <laughs> no, it was more like... Like there was four guys who worked in the factory I worked on in Victoria and, and it was a sewing factory and the staff were the models. So that was me one day. Anyway, put that down. That's distracting. I'm 20 years old. See, I am statements will help deliver you from things that torment you, but they will also help lock in your destiny. One of the things I've never had to struggle with because my parents put it into me was a sense of destiny. From a young age, my parents would talk about, you're called by God. They'd take me to kids' ministry. They'd drive me to youth ministry. They'd get me into conferences. And they would talk about uh, my relationship with God and that God was going to use me. And I'd get prophesied over in those environments. So I'm grateful. I've never had to worry. I've never had to deal with a sense of a hopelessness for my life because my parents put that stronghold in me of hope and purpose. But I did have to deal with a sense of being inferior to others as I stepped into it. So in, in uh, 1992, I was listening to a tape. Yes, I know. In Lang Lang, Victoria. And the, the preacher, and I, I lived on my own for a year and I didn't get a TV. I felt like God really wanted me to dedicate this year to him to listen to stuff and to pray. And so I just, this guy talked about a vision for your life and confessing a vision for your life from the Word of God. And so I prayed and God spoke to me about out of Isaiah 61. Look, I had, no, I had the sense maybe one day I might preach, but I didn't know I'd be a pastor or anything like that. But Isaiah 61 became my scripture. Now, I'm happy to lend it to you. All right, I'm happy for you to share it. But it was mine first in 1992. 
And Isaiah 61 is Jesus saying, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance to our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes and oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And so I I, uh, in my little, it was actually a pool house. I, I lived in a pool house. I care took, took a property. And I would walk up and down memorizing this scripture saying, God, I am anointed. The Spirit of God is upon me. You have anointed me to preach. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know when it's going to be. But I just have a sense that you've got, I am going to preach to the, the blind. I am going to open eyes. I am, you're going to use me. And I would, I memorized the scripture and declared it. God had a seed. I didn't understand what it was going to look like. And at that point, God was shaping something of, a, of creating a mindset for me. Years later, when we became the senior pastor of this church and I began to go, I'm way inferior to the former pastor. And in fact, all these other pastors I look around at, I had to go back to the word that had already begun to get a, a stronghold in my mind. I am anointed. The Spirit of God is upon me. I found with whenever I would declare that word, that inferiority mindset would just begin to melt. And every time God's given me a new assignment or a greater level of authority, I've had to go to work on the inferiority mindset. And I've had to get my mind and pull the stronghold down with the Word of God. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. I want to encourage somebody today. God's got a destiny for you. He's got a purpose and a plan for you. It doesn't have to be with a microphone. Every one of us have got a call and a purpose from God. And you'll establish it and unlock it through declaring the Word of God right now. You don't have to have been a model. It's a little entertaining, isn't it? I want you to close your eyes right now. Here in Melbourne, just close your eyes. If you haven't already begun your 40-day challenge, I want to encourage you this morning. Identify a stronghold, is it rejection? Do you feel like you don't belong all the time? That people don't love you and therefore you push people away? Rejected people push people away. Is that a mindset that you've got to go after with the Word of God? Do you feel guilty and ashamed? Do you know Jesus? You're righteous. We touched on this in week one. You can go back and find that. Is it fear and anxiety? Is God calling you to do something, to be something, but fear and anxiety keeps pulling you back? It's, maybe it's time to pull that stronghold down. Is it hopelessness? Is it poverty? Identified. Is it guilt and shame, anger, unbelief? What is it? Go to work. Choose one or two things and begin to make some I am declarations that are anchored in the Scriptures. I want you right now, give me a wave if you're going, yeah, I am, I'm, I'm either doing this or I'm committing today to do this, these I am declarations. Put your hand up. Say, I'm, I'm into it. I'm rewiring my brain. I'm creating new pathways. Brilliant. Fantastic. Father, I pray for every person 
responding today, that you would help us overcome addictions, overcome issues through the power of the Word of God renewing our mind. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen.